Oh, Folding Fitted Sheets, where we talk about all of the wrinkles and creases of parenting. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Jen. How are you today? Oh, I'm pretty good. good. A little sleepy, but pretty good. It's Monday. A little sleepy. Aren't we always a little sleepy? A little bit. Mm-hmm. It's true. I uh, realized in the first episode we didn't actually talk about who the heck we are or why anyone should bother listening to <laughs> no, any didn't. of the information we share. We didn't. Would you like to give a little summary of who the heck you are? Sure. My name is Alyssa. I am married, have been for almost 22 years. My husband and I have two kids. My daughter is almost 20. My son will be 17 in a couple months. My background is in early childhood development. That's kind of where the bulk of my education lies. I've been in the industry of early childhood and parent coaching for, I don't know, 25 years maybe, I think. Sometime in the 90s I started. Really enjoy just being around families and spending time with kids and uh, exploring this whole parenting journey and helping parents when I can. You're going to hear me talk about people like Barbara Coloroso, like Dr. Gordon Neufeld, like Deborah McNamara, Dr. Bruce Perry. These are some of my favorites, so do like to quote them and pull from their work. Personally, I I do like spending time outside when it's nice out. I'm a fair weather walker. And I like watching videos of babies and puppies. <laughs> And if the video has both <laughs> babies and puppies, it's an added bonus. It's a big win. Big win. Excellent. Thank you. That's me. Excellent. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. Are you a nut? A little. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. That makes me Jen. It is. Mm-hmm. I am also married and have been, will be married for 22 years this year. I have three kids, a 20-year-old, nearly 17-year-old, and nearly 16-year-old. Yeah, so I'm on the back end of the you know, parenting <clears throat> track. Well, all the work has been done, so hopefully it makes the rest of the years easier. I don't know. I don't know what's more difficult, parenting a toddler or parenting a late teen, early 20. It's just a toss-up because it's different. Consequences are real. Yeah, you don't have to make up consequences anymore. No, because there's jail. Life is just right smack dab in your (laughs) fucking face. You screw up and it's like, oh. It's true. I enjoy dogs. I really like children. I like working with families. I have an ECD background. Let's see. It'd be almost, it's 20 years that I've been doing ECD stuff, which is pretty exciting. And I ran a day home for a lot of years, which is a ton of fun. Then I started working in a local nonprofit where we weren't working with, like we were working with the children, but it was really working with the parents. And that was a very different aspect of education Yeah, and applying that information. And it was very beneficial to me, not only, I mean, in my career, but also as a parent, because it really helped tie together parenting style and, you know, the impacts of certain things. And it, uh, yeah, I think it made me a better parent. So I'm super thankful for that. I like to wear socks with my sandals. I know you do. Drives me crazy. I know. Um, I have been described as slightly crunchy. Little. A little bit. I don't mind. I like watermelon. I really like popcorn. Me too. Those are two of my favorites, actually. Yeah. 
and I really, I like gardening. I like being outside. I like being in, in the, the earth. And uh, I do that barefoot, not with socks and sandals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be gross. You'd have like mud and shit in your socks and sandals. Yeah. And then I couldn't wear those sandals. So no. So that's a little bit about me. Excellent. So I thought we could talk about parenting styles today. Bum, bum, bum. And the reason is I started watching this show. It's called The Parent Test. And there's all these different families on there. And they're all declaring to be, you know, a different parenting style. And every week, these families get challenges to give to their children or to, to, to do as a family. And the other families, they're sitting in the studio and they all watch how these challenges went on video. And then discussion happens around, oh, I like this. Or, oh, it's interesting how you talk to your child like this, whatever. And then the part I don't really like is they all vote at the end. And they like vote somebody into the semifinals and then there's a family in each episode that doesn't go through to the semifinals. They do, however, still participate in the discussion in the upcoming episodes. They're still part of the show. Okay, hold on. I have questions. Yeah. Who decides what label they're parenting under? So this is the part I'm a little bit not sure. I think maybe I missed the very first episode or something. I don't know who came up with all these titles. And that's something I thought we could talk about today. Okay. Is there are so many different labels to parenting styles. Yes. And to be completely frank in watching this show, which I've been watching actually with my 16-year-old son who took some interest in it. So it's kind of fun to watch it with him. There's so much overlap. So for example, there's one family called the Intensive family and then there's another one called the high achievement family Mm. i'm not seeing a lot of difference between them right there's one called free range parenting which i'm sure you know many people might be i like that in my eggs yeah free range (laughs) eggs and then there's the natural parenting so i'm like well Uh, okay to me it's very There's, there's so much crossover yeah so i can't honestly tell you what the subtle differences are right i'm finding a lot of similarities but yeah there's helicopter parenting there's the traditional family the disciplined family is the traditional family like man work woman barefoot kitchen it's not quite like that but yeah the idea is the man's kind of the breadwinner yeah so yeah they still bring in a lot of the traditions into their everyday lives and Anyway, so I have my own kind of opinions on all of these challenges that have been happening Mm -hmm. or whatever, but Mm -hmm. I have really enjoyed the discussion. So anyway, I thought today we could talk about parenting styles, Mm -hmm. some of the pros and cons of them, Mm -hmm. Um, but I thought we could simplify it because on this show, I can't keep up with, like I said, there's got to be a dozen labels and to me, there's so many crossover things. So I thought we could just talk about the ones that you and I have used in working with families. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So then we're going to be talking about Barbara Coloroso. Yeah, Barbara and, Coloroso. And what she, it's in her book. And I Kids are think worth she it. talks about it in the video as well, right? She does. So she has a yeah. video called Kids Are Worth It, where she brings this up, talks about it. And in her video, which is called Winning at Parenting Without Beating Your Children, <laughs> which I just love. <laughs> and then and the then, other one would be... Yes. From the Gottman Institute. The Gottman Institute. Yeah. And again, there are definite parallels. Like you'll see the Colorosa ones and the Gottman ones definitely go together. Right. 
Um, but Gottman talks more about them in relation to how you deal with emotions, emotions. and feelings yeah. in your children, in your families. Right. Um, and his are based on something called meta emotion, mm-hmm. which is how you feel about feelings. Right. But we'll talk about kind of the parallels between yeah. Barbara and John. And Julie. And Julie. Yes. John and Julie. Doctors. Yes. They're both doctors. That is correct. Yeah. Excellent. So... Barbara has come up with sort of three. So I thought three was sort of a manageable tidbit to digest today. Yes. And Gottman has four, but two of them are very similar. They are. Yeah. Three-ish. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, they kind of go together. They really do. One is more a description of types of parenting and the other one is sort of more a way to incorporate into your parenting. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So the first one Barbara talks about is the jellyfish parent. And I always want to go blah, 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 blah. It's very descriptive. I mean, it is exactly how it sounds. Mm -hmm. So we're getting into jellyfish. The blah, 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 blah. This is, tends to be more the parent who just wants their kids to be happy all the time. Uh, They tend to be parents who might, be more interested in being friends with their children as opposed to uh, an authoritative like the cool mom yes yeah the cool mom i think we all would like to be the cool mom like you want your kids to think you're cool okay yes but if you go back to mean girls oh my cool mom's kid is a nightmare so (laughs) let's not be the cool mom i forgot about her (laughs) oh my god amy poehler no is it? No. No, I can't remember who plays that lady. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. The mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty yeah. fun. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and their problem solving skills won't be great because they haven't been taught them. So any kind of normal, I mean, kids argue, kids mm-hmm. fight, they disagree. They, they probably won't have that many friends, to be honest, because it's their way or the highway. It's their way or the highway, and I mean, not many people are going to tolerate that. These kids at home, too, parents are, they get to dictate, well, no, mom's going to dress me today. Dad's going to read me a story. So everything really is dictated by the child. There's no teaching of this is how you fit into the family. Right. This is sometimes, sometimes we get our way and sometimes we don't. Sometimes I'm available or sometimes we need to leave the house at this time. Like the child really dictates everything. So they have all this power, but they don't, they don't have the wisdom and they don't have the experience to really take on all of these, all of these decisions. It's a a big responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And that if, if not something that they're capable of handling at that point in their childhood. No, their development is I not. I know adults who aren't capable of handling all of those things. And, and these children too, because they're not, again, used to going into social situations where they're not running things. They're very mm-hmm. aware of when they walk into a situation like that though, very quickly anyway. Sometimes you see these jellyfish parents being concerned that, oh, my child's shy or they're reserved or they're unwilling to participate with other children. And it's like, well, they're, they're feeling insecure because they're used to being the ones in total control. And their insecureness looks like an extreme amount of privilege, like, like peacocking a little bit, right? Like, 
I'm going to do this and nobody's allowed to play with me. So it's like they're already setting up a their own little, it's like they're setting up their own little boundary to say, uh, I'm doing this and nobody else can do it with me. And if somebody comes across that boundary, then, you know, it, it's all, it's crazy. I also find that that type of child, especially when they're with their children, a child who, who has been given that amount of power uses their parent as their weapon. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it, and it sort of comes across as, like I said, that the parent is sort of assigning blame to the children around them while trying to make their own child feel good. And the, it's almost become like an expectation from the child that the adult will do that and like that's how they get protected i think though too they do they might under like the as the parent they might understand you know what's going on with all the other kids in the room but it's interesting to me that sometimes they just lack the awareness as to why their child's being so shy or unwilling right and and where that's coming from and why that has happened right so Sometimes they're confused. I've met some that are they're generally confused. It's well, why doesn't why won't you play? Come on, don't be so shy. Like jump in, and it's like, well, they don't know how. Like they they are very well aware that if they jump into the situation, like they're not gonna get their own way. Right. And it, it's setting them up for failure essentially. Right. In social situations. Mm, that's so sad. Yeah. I mean, they can have a lot of fun together at home and. Yeah, things are going great when so much of it makes sense. You're labeling the emotion, you're identifying how they're feeling, you're not underestimating the the acts that made that feeling happen. It's the follow up to that that is the is where the problem lies. Mm-hmm. And they love their kids, like in all oh of these styles. Gosh. That's the thing, right? Yeah. And that, going back to that show for a second, like. That was a commonality in all these parenting styles. These parents love their kids and they are truly trying to do the best for their kids with what they know how or of course and their own belief systems and and whatnot. But so yeah, like jellyfish parents love their kids. Brick wall parents we'll talk about next love their kids. Backbone parents love their kids. And I think sometimes it's not realizing that what you're doing, although it might have some great great qualities to it and great things that you are doing it it really can have some detriment long term yeah you might not see it short term especially yeah. when your child's not in school yet yeah fair right yeah absolutely if you're constantly giving in or the child gets to dictate what happens at home i yeah. mean life can go on pretty happily for a while yeah absolutely until people outside your family step into sight yeah right like when they start going to preschool or kindergarten and the teacher is thinking you know, I need to talk to you because this is this is not going well. These are the struggles that we're having. Yeah, the regulations, self-regulation is not there. Yeah, and then how how do you recover from that type of parenting that you've been doing for the last four or five years? It's, it's not lost. It's not, you know, oh my a, gosh, a, a no. lost cause. Not at all. Yeah. None of them are. No. No. So there's great things out of there, out of that style of parenting that could be carried forward as a positive. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, especially that they are accepting of all emotions. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the next one? The brick wall parent. So the brick wall parent is the unbending, unwilling to see things in any other way than what they're currently seeing it. Dismissive, disapproving. Obey me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
this is the line, you don't cross it. Uh, children are meant to be seen, not heard. This is the rule. Do as I say, not as I, I do. Say yeah. Yeah, very much. I, I mean, you could equate it to like a, a very strict. Very strict. And, and strict in a lot of senses. Not strict necessarily in a consequence way, but strict in the way that they think and the strict in the way that they speak. Like it's just very, I think probably it comes across as a little less uh, loving Mm-hmm. The, they love their children. I think that the loving aspect is lost in this type of parenting. So when a child, I mean, if, if a child steps out of line, let's say that they've climbed up onto a chair to get an apple that's on the table and this is not allowed. They're not allowed on the table. They're not allowed to get food by themselves. This is a hard, you've broken my rule. And now this is what the consequence is going to be. And they remove the child and the apples get moved. And they, they're, it's very, very strict. Everything is like, I said no. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of it. I, I do not want to hear any argument back. No backdog. And that in itself has some great uh, aspects because we're talking about setting boundaries. Yep. And that's important especially as a parent of, and especially if you have more than one child. But then we're also maybe looking at the aspect where they're, they're really missing a good communication and building a, a strong, trusted relationship with their child. And mutual respect. Absolutely. They're very much the, you will respect me because I'm yeah. your parent, which I agree. Yeah. You want your children to respect you, but you also have to then show them the same respect and they believe their job is to teach their children that they mean what they say yes by all means necessary and so the admitting that maybe you fucked up Hmm. is not there right because you said it you meant what you said and even though perhaps you realized you were wrong oh yeah you're gonna you're gonna stay on you're gonna yeah you're gonna die on the hill yeah you're gonna (laughs) die on that hill it also it also doesn't allow like you said, for maybe that parent recognized they made a mistake. It doesn't allow for children to make any mistakes. No. And when a mistake is made, the consequence is the same as when a perceived you did that on purpose situation happens. So you're not teaching your child how to learn from those things or what the appropriate behavior is. This comes in as a, this is what should be done. This is not what you did or this is what you did whatever yeah. the circumstance is. And now this is the consequence. And I think it's easy to apply the word punishment to this type of parent. And quite often, I think that's what happens, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, we will in another episode talk about discipline versus punishment. But generally, this family would use punishment more so than discipline. Because right. discipline requires conversation, um, it requires you actually talking to your child right. and teaching them yeah. as opposed to just, you did this, so here's the punishment right. because you did that. You disobeyed me. Yeah. You didn't follow the rules. I think also the effect of it then is that this child grows up and has zero tolerance for making their own mistakes. They're really, really hard on themselves. They're also really hard on the people around them if they make any mistakes or perceived mistakes, which makes relationships difficult. Mm -hmm. Because how can you be with somebody who's supposed to be perfect? 
Right. It was very difficult. Yeah, it's unattainable. Absolutely. And that would make... And now we're not just talking about romantic relationships. We're talking about friendships. Oh, any re- work relationship. Any relationship, yeah. really. I also think... I Like, I imagine that a child who grows up in this type of environment would also be one of those kids who's more likely to like revolt and rebel. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. When your child's little and depending on their temperament, this parenting style can again work for you Mm -hmm. because you might actually have a child who is that type of child who listens and you ask them to do something and they do it and they're not really going to try to test you that much. But as they get older, like you just said, Mm they might get to the age where it's like, screw you. This is what I want to do. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And then they get sneaky about it. Yeah. And then they lie. Yeah. Yeah. So that obviously can cause a whole new set of problems in yeah. the teenage years. Absolutely. When everything, they feel like they're being too restricted. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out who they are as young adults. And you need to give them more freedoms at that age. Yeah. Because hopefully you've set the foundation that they are able to make their own decisions. Yeah. And yeah, they're, they should be allowed also to make mistakes at the same time without being terrified of the punishment. Absolutely. So being a brick wall parent, like we said, can have, it can have some positive aspects to it. And one of those, again, being the boundaries and setting clear guidelines and setting clear expectations. Those are all excellent when it comes to parenting. And they tend to be very consistent, right? So everyone is aware this is the expectation. This is the rule, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it. And this is the, we'll call it a consequence. Right. And it's consistent. So everyone knows where everybody's at. There's no guessing. There's no walking on eggshells necessarily. It's like, oh, I did this. So yeah this is going to happen. Yeah. And I think it's missing that forgiveness, that forgiveness piece. Mm. So admit, you know, allowing for mistakes to happen. And so there's that, that part of it is not so great. No. And if you have a strong willed child, Mm. good luck. Mm -hmm. Like a strong willed child from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I tended to be more of a peacemaker in my house growing up. So I wouldn't have had a problem with super strict parents but if I was a hellraiser <laughs> when I was younger this wouldn't have gone very well right yeah so how does this correlate then with Mr. I mean Dr. John Gottman and Julie so there's two of them that it would fit in well with so the dis- uh, the dismissing parent and the disapproving parent so again the the Gottmans are coming in from a place that's more emotion based right and so if we apply the dismissing parent or the uh, disapproving parent to the same concept of being a brick wall, we're looking at uh, ignoring what the feeling is, um, undermining the child's emotion. And these are perceived to be negative emotions. So typically people view emotions in two ways, positive emotions, you're happy, oh, yes. you're surprised, you're feeling thankful sign those to a positive right and then people put sad and angry angry frustrated and frustrated and just blue or moody they put those in a negative column and the reality is there isn't columns no of emotions no there are columns of behavior positive and negative that are associated or or appropriate and inappropriate right yeah absolutely 
that are associated with those emotions, but emotions themselves are not positive or negative. No, they're just information. They're, they're just, yeah, it, it's information. It's, it's telling us when our child is happy, you know, and, and they're not upset about something, we feel better. Yep. When our child is angry, it makes us feel bad. Right. And so that's why those assignments get made based on those uh, emotions because you shouldn't be feeling those things. And so that's where that disapproving and dismissive parent comes in. It's like, you shouldn't feel that. You should have no negative feelings. Just let it go. Yeah. Or just, yeah. So one's, you shouldn't feel that way. And the other's just get over it. Yeah. In, and Suck in both cases, they're just ignoring what the reason was behind it. They're not helping them problem solve their way out of it. And they're creating an environment where a child doesn't know unless they're feeling perceived happy right, or positive or positive on the positive side of the emotional chart, then they shouldn't have those feelings, which then of course leads to a whole other slew of problems because if they do start to feel bad, then they get down on themselves. And it's like, you shouldn't feel that way. You should be happy. You should be doing these things. Should's a bad word, by the way. But that's what it, that's exactly what this is. Yeah. The, absolutely. So, and these ones go back to, because like I said before, Dr. Gottman coined this meta emotion, right? So how you feel about feelings. Yeah. And that's really what it comes back to is these types of parents, these people are not comfortable with their own feelings. So they're sure as hell not going to be comfortable dealing with another person's feelings because they can't deal with their own. Yeah. And so they're, they're looking at their, and they're criticizing or they're mocking them for feeling a certain way. It's like, yeah. Or you barely hit your, I was going to say yeah. head. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but sometimes but that's it exactly is. Right? That's sometimes it is, right? So a child falls and, and you know, and. Oh, that didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. You're fine. Yeah. You're fine. You're okay. Yeah. And they're probably not physically hurt, but they probably got scared. Scared or it hurt a little bit. Or Likely. Have you ever stubbed your toe? I mean, <laughs> kids get embarrassed too and they fall Absolutely. as adults do. We yeah. jump up, our legs broken and we're like, I'm good. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're just worried that we're, someone saw yeah. you look like an ass. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that those two, the brick wall lines up very well with the dismissive slash disapproving parent. Yeah. And it's just a matter of do what I say, do it when I say it, and don't feel anything other than the way I want you to feel, which is happy, because then I feel happy. Yeah. And And I don't know how to deal with any other emotion. And when you're not following my rule, it makes me feel bad. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to deal with that because I myself have very poor self-regulation. And again, we can talk too about why these are the way they are, you know, why parents are the way they are, what style they, they kind of tend to fall in. And a lot of it does have to do with how we were parented ourselves. Heck yeah. So maybe it's just, that's what you know. That's what you saw your whole life. So that's what you do. Other parents, some have gone the extreme. So maybe they did grow up in a super strict background. Right. And now they flip totally yeah. to the other side of the continuum and become jellyfish parents. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it is hard. It's hard. And again, it goes back to that self-awareness piece. Like, okay, why, you know, why am I consciously choosing to, to parent the way I'm parenting? Right. And maybe it isn't conscious. Maybe you're just doing it. Yeah. So maybe, like I said, maybe it's just what you grew up with. So that's what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, or that's all you know. And I think part of it, which we haven't really talked about, is that you can have a laissez-faire parent 
And you can have a brick wall parent parenting the same child. Yeah. And did you talk about that before you had kids? <laughs> of course not. No. Because how could you possibly talk about what type of parent you're going to be until you're actually in the thick of it? You can have no. all these friggin' ideas. Like, this is the type of parent. You've just sat down and you're like, oh my God, we're going to plan our wedding (laughs) and then we're going to go on our honeymoon. How many kids do you want? Do you want like a boy and two girls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You lay out what this plan looks like. But uh, let's say you do. So let's say you do have a boy and two girls. You don't know what temperament of child you're getting. No. You don't know if they've got any type of maybe they were premature and there's complications dealing with that. Maybe they're right on every schedule that they should be on and uh, that's one child and then the second child is a completely different ball of wax. Well, that's a whole nother thing when you talk, you know, what if you end up with a child with special needs? That's a whole nother sort of conversation, but you're not going to end up with, if you did a three kids, for example, they're not all going to have the same temperament. No. And what worked with one is not going to work with the other. Like, that's just not how this parenting gig goes. Right. So how could you possibly know what type of parent you're going to be beforehand? So you can talk about the big things. I don't want spanking in my home. Right. I would like to minimize yelling. You know, maybe you don't even know to ask those questions. But the likelihood that somebody sat and said, what what kind of parent do you think you're going to be? Probably not very likely. No, you're not going to go through scenarios. So then you got one in the house when you got brick wall and jellyfish together. Right. The one parent is just focused on keeping the children happy. That's mm-hmm. their main goal. Yeah. And the other one is keeping them under strict control. Right. So clearly a lot of tension sort of ensues between them. So the brick wall Be- between parent. Between the parents. The two parents. Yes. Yeah. So the brick wall parents sitting there feeling like they're the only ones trying to set boundaries. Yeah. And the jellyfish parent feels that the brick wall parent is being too tough. Right. So then the jellyfish parent feels they're the only ones trying to keep them happy. And then the other one is criticizing because they're like, well, you're super inconsistent and you're always giving in. And yep. like, so yeah. do you think that does good things for their parenting relationship, their <laughs> romantic yeah, relationship? I think it's great. <laughs> it's fire. <and> Highly <laughs> recommend. <laughs> 10 out of 10. They say opposites attract. Oh my God. <laughs> no. And how confusing is that for the child? This is when the child picks a favorite parent. Yeah. And then one, because even if you're a brick wall parent, mm-hmm. you don't want to feel like the bad guy all the no. time. I, it's funny because I don't perceive brick walls to be happy. But the funny thing is though, is that in turn, I would think that Elise, or, Elise Fair, a jellyfish parent, would be happy all the time, but I actually see mm. them as being super anxious That's because what they say. don't know what reaction or what incident is going to set their kid off. So they're just like in a constant state of like, ah. yeah. And if it is a, if it is just a jellyfish house, those parent or those kids rather are going to be anxious as well. Right. Because they're going into situations not knowing yeah. what to expect. Well, and I imagine too, then that, that, that bond between the parent and child just is not as strong as it possibly could be. Yeah. Because yes, the parent is defending them and assigning blame somewhere else and, you know, comforting them, but they're not getting the structure. Yeah. The structure and let's figure out a way 
to fix this so that this doesn't happen again? Mm-hmm. How are we going to problem how solve? You, how can you, exactly. How could we react in this situation that doesn't make you feel like this? I also think both of these styles send a message to your child mm. that we don't think you're capable. Fair. Of handling. Yes. This. And what does that do to their confidence? Right. Tank. And so while the brick wall parent might be teaching their child what to think, they're not learning how to think for themselves. Right. Barbara. That is a Barbara Coloroso Mm -hmm. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Teach them, uh, yeah, how to think, not what to think. Yeah. Because then they grow up thinking, well, you know, they're waiting for someone to tell them what to do next. Yes. So. Yeah. That independence piece. Yeah. So that leaves us with, so we've gone from one end of the spectrum, jellyfish laissez-faire, to the other end of the spectrum, spectrum where we're talking about a brick wall and the dismissive disapproving style. So we want to meet in the middle somewhere because some days I go from laissez-faire and other days I'm a brick wall. Like it, it varies. So there must be something in the middle that would be sort of ideal here. Yeah. And there is something in the middle, which we will talk about. I think, though, what you just said is really important because no matter what style you see yourself in, you are going to flip from one day to the next. Same with the the Gottman styles and how you deal with emotions. Absolutely. There's some days where you're not going to be dealing with your own emotions very well. Right. Even though maybe normally, you know, not too bad. Yeah. But then to deal with somebody else's emotions on top of that Mm -hmm. can be exceptionally challenging well it's every little thing did everyone sleep well last night did we get out the door on time did the sun come up at the right time today did somebody get the right cup at breakfast like there's just so many variations to what can predict yeah our mood maybe you're tired maybe you have a headache maybe you just whatever maybe you're hungry maybe you're hungry probably hungry Maybe you're both. Maybe you're hangry. <laughs> Maybe you're hangry. So yeah, you do flip. I think it's just you tend to fall into one more than the others. Right. But yeah, there's days where yeah. you're going to flip flop. So the one in the middle, according to Barbara, is the backbone parent. So the backbone has structure. Like we're not all floppy like jellyfish as people. Bone. Your hip right. bone's connected to, to your knee bone. bone. Your knee, knee bone's connected to your ankle bone. I don't know how that ends. Don't know. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> now I'm thinking, go, Alice, go. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> totally different song. <laughs> Alice the camel have one hump. So, yeah, the backbone <laughs> has structure. Alice is a horse. That's how that one ends. Alice is a horse <laughs> with a backbone. <laughs> yes. Um, but it <clears throat> bends, right? It's flexible. <clears throat> so, you're capable of supporting your child's feelings. But you're also effective at putting in some reasonable boundaries mm. around inappropriate behavior. Right. So you're accepting of their emotions. You are not accepting of all behaviors, which is like Dr. Gottman's. Emotion coaching. Emotion coaching style. style. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So Absolutely. yes, we're going to help them deal with all of their emotions. Um, we treat emotions like information. We're not yep. labeling them as bad or good. But we do realize that Yes, you can get super frustrated and yell and scream. You you don't get to hit. You're, yeah, you can be frustrated. Yeah. It's okay to be frustrated. Yeah, it's okay to stomp your foot, maybe. Like, it's okay to yeah. punch a pillow. It's okay, whatever. Yeah. There's other things and you can do. And hitting is not okay. That's where we draw the line. Exactly. 
So, so what can you do instead? You can stomp your feet. Yeah. You can scream into a pillow. So the backbone parent is still requesting their child to do things. You know, there's still rules in place. There's still yeah. limits. You're still, you know, asking them to do things around the house, whatever it might be. But you're leaving room for your child to make safe mistakes that they can learn from. Right. So mistakes are allowed. They're not seen as like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. And huge guilt around, you know, making right. that mistake. Oh man. Yeah. Whereas you, you're going to help them learn from it. Okay, yeah. this is what you did. This is what happened. What are we going to do next time? Yep. So that this doesn't happen again. Yep. So you're not really looking for a suitable punishment or consequence in order to force the child to comply, which right. is what your brick ball, brick ball, your brick, brick ball, brick ball parent, <laughs> your brick ball parent would do. And you're not just giving up or letting the child do whatever they want, just to, for the sake of peace and getting everyone back to a state of happy, yeah. which is what the jellyfish parent would do. Yeah. The backbone is telling the child what's expected and then calmly ensuring them that, you know, nothing else happens until xyz gets done right so yeah please take out the garbage until you take up the garbage you know first yes. first this then this yep absolutely and in support of that type of parenting we have the emotion coaching parent and so that parent sees value in the emotion and looks at it as though it is information and when you are asked to take out the garbage and the kid is like oh you know i don't want to sure okay, is it because they're doing something else in this moment? Is there a better timeline we can apply to that? Before you come sit down for supper, Yeah, you need to take the garbage out. Right. And it's just as simple as that. And we have talked before about parenting in the, in the moment, but immediate parenting. Right. And that sometimes it doesn't have to be in that exact moment. Yeah that things happen. Yeah. Um, and so that, that could be a good example of that. So, you know, somebody who's applying, a, uh, I was going to say spinal parenting. <laughs> <laughs> Giving your child a spinal. <laughs> um, yeah. back, backbone parenting is a parent who generally is in touch and can self-regulate their own emotions. Yeah. Because they're not going to get bent out of shape because their child is having a reaction that isn't favorable. Right. They're going to help that child through it. So they're, they're acknowledging the, the emotion, they're labeling it potentially, they're finding a way to help that child solve the problem versus solving it for them by dismissing it or assigning blame somewhere else. Right. They listen and they show physical interaction right so they're close to their child when they're talking to them they're actually listening to what their child is saying they're not assuming that they know that the kid is sad and that these are the things that need to happen or don't happen mm -hmm. because of it um there's there's it, it really is a great middle ground because it allows for mistakes by both the parent and the child while still having that structure and those rules Absolutely. so so you need to take out the trash mm -hmm. the whatever go take the garbage out to the road, whatever it might be. And the child says no. Mm -hmm. And like you said, okay, well, the garbage needs to be taken out before you have supper. Yeah. And so that gives that child, it's telling them that you know that they're capable of doing it. Mm -hmm. I think when you give a child an expectation, like when we were talking about the garbage. Yeah. Right. You're giving them a responsibility. 
And as soon as you're giving them a responsibility, yes, there is a chance that it's going to go poorly, but you're also giving them a chance for it to go well. You're trusting that they're going to do and they're capable of doing the thing that you ask. Yeah. And how is that not great for their confidence? Exactly. And yeah. And, and for feeling like they can handle other things as well. It's also accepting. So if we're talking about uh, younger children who might right. not be old enough to do chores like that. Take yet. the garbage Take to the, the road. Take the garbage to the road. <laughs> drive the recycling to the depot. Yeah. Whatever. Mow the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it, like little, little kids have, have issues with transitions, right? Yes. So as a backbone parent, you know that even if you've given your child a five minute warning to clean up, and then even if you've gotten down at their level and said, it's cleanup time now, your child may still lose their mind. Yeah. That they might just be in that part of their development where they can't, they can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just can't. They just can't. <laughs> it's like, I, I just can't do this right now. And so the backbone parent is going to be there to help their child through those emotions they're having. Yeah. They're still going to have to clean up the toys. Right. So they're not giving up. Right. On the, they're not saying, okay, never mind, never mind. You're upset, yeah. so we're not going to clean up the toys. You can keep playing, and I'll come feed you supper while you sit here playing yeah. with your toys. I'll spoon feed you your I'll spoon feed you so you don't and have don't to. don't you worry. I will clean up when you're finished. That's right. Yeah. So it's no. It's like, I know you're upset. It's really hard to clean up. What can I do to help you? Mm-hmm. So maybe they need a hug. Maybe you need to sit there for a while and rock them until they're calm. And then once they're calm, it's like, okay, let's clean up the toys. Yeah. And then it can be broken down even more. So they've got cars and blocks and puzzle yeah. pieces. It's like cars. How many cars and how fast can you get them yeah. put in the bin? Make it a game. And a, and a parent who is flexible and understands where their child is coming from can then take those moments and make them bonding moments. Bonding moments make them fun. Yeah. It's a teachable moment. Yeah. Yeah, it, you're showing that, yes, even though I'm an authority figure, yeah. I'm still on your side and I'm still here to support you. I'm still on your team. But so. you're still going to clean up the toys. Yeah. Yeah. I might help you. Maybe we take turns. Yeah. Maybe I clean up the red ones and you clean up the green ones or yeah. whatever it is, right? So I, th- I think it's different too. Whereas the, the brick wall might be like, I said to clean up your toys and you're cleaning up all the toys. Yeah. I always feel bad in that scenario for the child who has unknowingly totally unaware that they've probably taken out every toy (laughs) from the shelf yeah yeah and i imagine that as me walking into my disastrous kitchen right and then looking around my main floor and you have no idea where to start yeah and you just want to light a match (laughs) and get rid of it all let's let's start over somewhere else like let i'm not doing this and and it's Imagine that for a little person who, like I said, they had no idea that they've literally taken out every toy that they own because they've just been so busy and now they have to clean it all up by themselves. Yeah. And oftentimes the expectation of what clean is, right? So now we're talking about this brick wall parent. (laughs) Yes. And that means that the cars are back in the car bin, the Legos back in the Lego bin, the dolls are back where they're supposed to be, the kitchen's all put back together, and the child is going, well, it's off the floor. Mm-hmm. And that's good enough. So there has to be some flexibility there. And and that's where sometimes you see those power struggles starting to happen. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And different temperaments and Absolutely. all that jazz. It's, and, and it's so tricky because there's so many different variations. Like when we're talking yeah. about helping that child put the toys away potentially like they need to put their stuff away 
before they come for supper. We've given them transition time and they're still not willing to do it. It is not easy to say, hey, you know what? We're going to get this done. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do this before we eat supper. So how are we going to do this? It is not easy to do that. It is much easier to abandon putting the toys away or stand there and scream and yell until everybody's miserable and the toys get put away. Doing that work is very difficult. It Mm -hmm. is time consuming. It's not efficient. It is exhausting. It is not efficient. You are 100% right. And this is why it doesn't need to be done 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's possible. What what is Gottman says, what, 30%, right? 30%. If you can effectively emotion coach through your parenting 30% of the time, you will have a significant increase in the status of your relationship with your child, the decrease of the stress and frustration that's happening on both ends. And you will start to see that you're getting your the, the desired behavior that you're looking for starts to happen right. a whole lot more often just by doing it 30% of the time. That's minimal. Think about how many times you intervene with your child throughout a day. Yeah. Right? Depending on the age of them. As they get older, it's yes. a little less because they're gone to school all day, blah, blah, blah. But when you think about how often you're intervening with a toddler, I mean, in the first hour, it's got to be 15 times. Mm-hmm. Right? And if you're you're only doing it 30% of the time, that's a small chunk of time out of your day. Yeah. It isn't easy. It isn't efficient. It isn't something that you can do quickly typically no especially because we all build up our own habits like i said we all have our own paths we deal with our own parenting styles we've Mm -hmm. grown up with our own readings we've done and think well i like this i don't like this but yeah if you've developed habits i mean those are not they're not hard or they're not they are hard to break it's hard to they're super easy (laughs) habits are easy to break yeah just tell me to stop picking at my nails i can just do it it. just stop it's fine yeah I'm yeah. being a brick wall about this. Just stop. Yeah, just stop. I don't know what your, your problem is. Off. I don't know what you're thinking. And the it's problem hard. will be solved. You have no more fingers to chew. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, it's it is really quite fantastic how and and I've referred to parenting before as a la carte parenting. Yeah, and that's what it is. So take parts of the laissez-faire, take parts of the jellyfish, take part of the brick wall, take part of the disapproving and dismissive. And apply it in a way that makes sense to you in this wonderful ball that we're calling that we're calling backbone parenting. Yeah. Or we're calling emotion coaching. Yeah. And apply that thirty percent of the time throughout the day. And yeah. tell me you don't start seeing positive results. Yeah. It's true. So I know sometimes we end with a quote. Yes, we do. I have a joke. What is it? It's a really funny one. Is it funny? Or is it like you're just saying it's, <laughs> it's funny? Me. I think it's hilarious. Okay, I might not think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you're already laughing, so I win. <laughs> <clears throat> There's a pirate, and it's his birthday. And he was turning 80. And somebody asked him how old he was turning. Uh-huh. And he said, I'm 80. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> you're laughing i'm laughing at you because you're <laughs> laughing so hard at your joke i do think it's funny it'd be cute if like my five-year-old said it i don't have a five-year-old but if my child yeah, like, you got a secret five-year-old no, somewhere? I don't have a secret so five-year-old. i think that kids jokes are some of the best jokes. they are especially when they make no sense and the kid just loses their nut that's because the funny the, part that is i like to see joy yeah yes me too 
And uh, I will tell really dumb jokes because at some point people just are like, okay, this is pretty good. I feel better. Yeah. I'm doing a hook with my finger. (laughs) And on that note. (laughs) All right. So I'll see you again sometime soon. Yes, that's the plan. (laughs) We'll chat again later. (laughs) Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.